Today is Wednesday, June 7th, 2023. This is the Quick Start Podcast from CBN News. I'm Trey Gons Phillips filling in for Dan Andros. Thousands of Christians in the Middle East are coming to Christ, many of them because of their dreams. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, News from a Christian Perspective. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, give us a five-star rating, and of course, share it with a friend and send your thoughts to us at our email, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. Welcome to my fearless co-host, Billy Hallowell. How are you doing today? I'm ready to roll. I'm caffeinated and contented. I haven't said it in a while. I retired it, but I'm I'm bringing it back today. All right. So what do we have coming up for the focus story today? Yeah. So we're going to have Jonathan Isaac, a story about him. He's an NBA star. And, you know, he was the guy who didn't kneel. He refused to kneel uh, when all the national anthem protests were going on. He has a new sports apparel company coming. And so we're going to be talking about that. You know, I think his story is fascinating because everybody's talking about how brave it is to take these socially acceptable stances, and he's actually taking one that is countercultural and brave, uh, so it's cool to be highlighting his story. Um, And on the main thing today, I actually spoke with Christian filmmaker Devon Franklin. He's the producer of the new movie Flamin' Hot, uh, which is a funny title, uh, but it's actually about the Flamin' Hot Cheetos that we've all probably eaten before. It tells the story of this janitor. He's an immigrant janitor who invented this snack uh, when Frito-Lay was essentially in a a financial freefall. He's also a Christian, and that's uh, showcased in the movie. So we'll have that discussion for the main thing. Uh, But first, let's get to the news in 90 seconds. So two Assembly of God missionaries are sharing multiple firsthand testimonies of Muslims coming to the Christian faith after encountering Jesus in their dreams. They admit any Islamic country is, of course, a dangerous place for Christians, and there are few opportunities for open evangelism. Uh, But they report that Muslims are meeting Jesus in their dreams and converting to Christianity at a really astounding rate. Uh, One of the missionaries, uh, Dick Brogdon, he said, I would even say it's the normal experience. He said it would be accurate to say that Muslims are responding to Jesus in levels we have not seen before, not in 1400 years. Uh, Also, a school district in Utah has banned the Bible in elementary and middle schools after a parent angry over efforts to ban sexualized content from the classroom argued that some Bible passages contain vulgar or even violent themes that might not be appropriate for young children. A district spokesperson, Chris Williams, said, We're getting responses from both sides on the issue. Some are saying, I can't believe this decision were ma- was made, and others are saying, I support the decision. And then Christian author and actor, Kirk Cameron, uh, he's known for his role in the 90s sitcom Growing Pains, uh, is speaking out amid Pride Month with a new kids' book called Pride Comes Before the Fall. He recently appeared on our show, Faith Versus Culture, where he said it's a book teaching kids about the value and importance of humility. He added, greed is bad, gluttony is bad, sloth, wrath, envy, lust are all bad, but none of them are as deadly as pride. Pride, it's been said, is at the base of all great mistakes. You can catch the full episode with uh, Kirk Cameron on our CBN News YouTube channel. Uh, Billy, I think this story about the Utah Bible ban uh, is fascinating. What do you what do you make of that? Yeah, you know, it is interesting, right? But this is what a lot of people on the secular side have always argued, right? The Bible has very difficult themes in it. And so this is an opportunity with Christians and conservatives going after some of the inappropriate content that, by the way, 
this is entertainment content or it's indoctrination content that people are trying to remove, you know, from schools, but they're going after the Bible because it's a convenient way for them to fight back on it. So I, you know, I think, um, I think it's particularly interesting how, I don't know, savage this war has become, right? I mean, that, that this is sort of the new focal point. Yeah. Well, it's kind of a ridiculous comparison too, though, right? To say that these books that are written within the last three or four years that are very explicitly targeting children with sexualized content is in any way equitable to a book that's been around for thousands of years that is a religious text, a very established, dominant religious text for millions of people across the globe that, of course, teaches incredible moral values that that's in any way comparable uh, is just tacitly ridiculous, I think, on its face. But as you said, I think this is really just people getting in the mud and slinging back and forth because they're angry. Because uh, honestly, I think a lot of the LGBT stuff has become religious for so many people, right? There's a spiritual blindness that I think uh, our world is suffering from, uh, and there's an adherence to it that's religious in nature. Uh, so I think they're they're going after the people who are are trying to hold the line, which more often than not is Christians. You know what? And, and let me say this, and I don't I don't want to get myself or the show in trouble, but let me just say this: it, most people are not going to public school libraries and checking out the Bible, right? Because the school's not promoting that the Bible is there, and so it may be in a library, but it's just kind of there lurking on the shelves somewhere. What is being promoted are these other books right? These books that are, so, so to me, in some senses, okay, some schools are going to go after the Bible and take it out. Most people don't realize the Bible's even there, but they're being forced fed this other content, right? So it's almost like, okay, great. You're fighting the war by trying to take the Bible away, but we know for a fact, this other content's being pushed on kids. And so, you know, I think that that's the other difference here, right? The Bible's not being given that push by, by schools. Yeah, no, that's a good point, because the left can say whatever they want to when it comes to sexuality and what children should or should not be exposed to. Uh, and that's all well and good. Uh, but the moment you reference a Bible verse, if you're a teacher, is uh, there are cries of indoctrination and the separation of church and state, which is, of course, not in our Constitution, but that becomes obviously the the, the focal point of the debate. So, yeah, I think that's a good point and something worth, uh, worth bringing up. So it'll be interesting to see how this shapes out, what happens in Utah, because obviously they're predominantly... Mormon and they Mormons obviously read the Bible as well. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how this shapes up if it kind of dies or if it's something that gets gets a lot more attention. Um, but we're going to move on to our focus story today. So an NBA star who went viral for refusing to kneel during the national anthem or wear Black Lives Matter gear, as you said at the at the start of the podcast, Billy, he's set to release his own clothing line that's focused on sports apparel and celebrating freedom. So what's the story there? Yeah, so this is Jonathan Isaac of the Orlando Magic, and he is preparing for the official launch this summer of Unite Us. And I love that. It's spelled U-N-I-T-U-S. And this is a clothing company, as you were saying, celebrates freedom, positive American values. And, you know, we were able to get a, a statement from him. And that statement explained why he felt this was a needed thing. He said, Unitas is desperately needed today because more and more brands in the sports and leisure wear space are abandoning the consumer's desire for them to be impartial on matters of culture, spirituality, and politics. Many brands have overtly endorsed harmful and divisive ideologies that have left consumers looking for alternatives. And so he's hoping to instill hope 
And this isn't a scenario where it's, you know, you're wearing shirts that have, you know, Bible verses on them necessarily or American centric messaging. You know, that's all good and fine. And there's a place for that. But this is actually it's it's almost like creating a new Nike. You know, you're creating an apparel company that people can really be proud of the product um, and, and really believe in the people behind it. And I think that that's a really unique thing to see somebody like him launching. You know, I think a lot of times um, the the clothes that we wear or the bracelets that we have, or some people have tattoos that point back to their faith, and it's kind of a good conversation starter for a lot of these things. Is that part of the goal here? What is Jonathan hoping that that this will accomplish? Yeah, you know, he wants to create something where he can actually be signing athletes, just like Nike does, just like other companies do, to become ambassadors. So athletes across the board would be wearing Unitas apparel. They'd be wearing the shoes. They'd be wearing the – so not so much about that outward messaging. I'm sure maybe at some point there will be some of that. It's actually about this is a quality product that can rival the other products, mm-hmm. and it's owned by it's owned by people – by Jonathan Isaac, by somebody who's not going to get in the weeds on these things, not going to take positions that are anti-American or anti-Christian. He is a believer. He's a solid believer. And so he said, you know, a lot of these companies out there, they have undermined Christian values, conservative values. And he said, look, they have the free choice to do just that. If that's what they want to do, they can do that. But we have a freedom to create our own alternative. And, you know, again, really hoping to get endorsements and to sign uh, those athletes and then to create what he called a real infrastructure of people across the spectrum who want to give their money to a company that they know supports their values. And just a real, I think a really interesting endeavor. It's a big endeavor to go after those other sports companies. Yeah, no, I think it takes a lot of guts to stand up to the big guys, right? Particularly if you're, I think it's difficult for anybody to stand up for what's right uh, in our current culture. But particularly if you're in Hollywood, you're in the entertainment industry, or you're like him in the NBA, you're in the sports world. uh, It's really, really difficult, I think, to take a stand that's counter cultural, right? To go against the flow is a tough thing to do, particularly in a capitalistic society too, when you're trying to to create a new brand and you need those endorsements in order to uh, to succeed. So what is Jonathan saying about the importance of of standing up for for what's right in the midst of our our you know topsy-turvy culture? Yeah, you know, basically this is somebody, let's keep in mind again, a couple of years ago, he wouldn't take a knee. He was the only player on his team standing up, you know, during the national anthem when everyone else had Black Lives Matter shirts on. He didn't. Um, you know, he he has taken a bold stand. He wrote a book on it. You and I had him on Faith versus Culture uh, last year talking about that book. And this is somebody who's who could have gone with the crowd and didn't. And he was saying that you know, as culture becomes more chaotic, more dark, as the days get darker and darker, crazier and crazier, you standing up for what you believe in is going to get harder, but it is also going to become more necessary. And so he's encouraging people to take a stand for what's right. He's doing that in business now and, you know, leading the way once again, I think, as a really great role model in how we should navigate, you know, chaotic culture. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And you and I actually recently uh, met him in person. And I, d- I don't know about you, but I had no idea that he was as tall as like he is a skyscraper, that guy. Like he's huge. I was looking up at him when I was yeah. talking to him. And I was like, <laughs> I've never felt short in my life. And I really felt very tiny. Yeah, I did. Right. 
but he's such a such a soft spoken. He has a gentle spirit, and um, it's it's exciting to see uh, to see what what he's doing and 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 where this might go. So we'll of course uh, keep this story, uh, keep y'all informed on this story, and I'm sure we'll have him on Faith versus Culture or the podcast or something again uh, sometime in the near future. But for now, thanks Billy for bringing that story. And on the main thing, again, I spoke with Christian filmmaker Devon Franklin. Uh, he's the producer of the new movie Flame and Hot, which chronicles this rags-to-riches story about the immigrant janitor uh, who invented the Flame and Hot Cheetos, uh, a snack, as I said, that, that really rescued Frito-Lay. They were on the brink of financial ruin, uh, and this snack came in and really saved the day, uh, which is incredible, right? He's a He was a janitor, uh, and then he ended up uh, becoming this well-known uh, inventor, a snack inventor, uh, and he's also a Christian, and that is showcased throughout the film. Uh, so here's our conversation with Devon Franklin for today's main thing. Devon Franklin, you are the producer of Flamin' Hot, uh, which is coming out on Hulu and uh, and uh, Disney Plus very, very soon, just in a few days now. Uh, yes. It's, this, it's the story of Richard Montanez, uh, the guy who went from being a janitor to the creator of the Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Yes. Why this story? What What sparked your interest? You know, for me, I was just so motivated by his story when I heard it the first time. He uh, came to my office about seven years ago, and we sat down and met along with his wife, Judy. And I just said to him, tell me your story. And uh, as he started telling me about putting chili powder on a Cheeto and, you know, marketing it to his community and that propelling his success up the corporate ladder to ultimately going from janitor to becoming one of the top executives at the company, by the end of hearing his story, I just said, yes, I've got to make your movie if you would allow me. I didn't know how I was going to do it, uh, but I just knew that, that if it was inspiring me, it was going to inspire others. And I just felt convicted in that one meeting that I had to do it. And so it's a blessing that, you know, here we are almost seven years later and uh, it's about to come to the world. You know, when you first find a story, either one that you've discovered yourself or one you've been pitched on, uh, which I'm sure there are plenty of those, uh, how do you decide? You, you mentioned conviction. Uh, how, talk a little bit about that, how you decide what ends up you, you want to move forward with and what you want to put on the back burner. You know, it's just it, it comes down to that. It's like conviction and commerciality. So if I'm convicted by the story, I also have to feel that it's commercial. I have to feel that there's an audience that's gonna to wanna to see it. I have to be able to see how I can market it, how I can publicize it. And there are certain stories I'm convicted by, but I don't see how, I don't see how they're commercial. So I won't do those. But those that I feel convicted by and that I believe are commercial, those are the ones that I'm gonna do. And those are the ones that I ultimately get behind like the Flaming Hot movie. You know, something that I think is is fascinating is a, a lot of our audience here at Faithwire and CBN, of course, will know you for the faith-based content you've yeah. you've you've created, right? The faith-based movies. And this has a lot of faith elements in it, but it's in a unique way, right? A lot of it is uh, you know, I don't want to give too much of the movie away, of course, but seeing uh Richard's wife, right, and him leaning on her yeah. faith uh, and trusting in in her faith to kind of carry him through after he had not a not so good faith experience in his upbringing. Talk a little bit about that dynamic and how you fleshed it out in the movie. Yeah, you know, that dynamic between Richard and his wife as it relates to their relationship and as it relates to faith was very much taken from what happened in real life. Um, you know, and initially neither of them, you know, were in the church, so to speak. 
And ultimately it was Judy, you know, who came to faith first and, uh, and Richard was very resistant to it. And over a period of time, he came, he came, became to see the value of having a, you know, Christ in his life and giving his life over to God. And, and as he started to do that, things started to work out in his favor over time. So the goal was to, pre, you know, basically similar to how they experienced it to go ahead and put that in the movie to just show their journey and to show that uh, it's not about where you start, it's about where you end up, and especially when it comes to faith. And, and, and we also let the audience have fun with that journey, especially with how, you know, the moment when he kind of comes to faith, that's a, it's, a, it's a serious moment, but it also had some humor in it. Uh, and we also just wanted to show people that just because you have a life of faith doesn't mean you can't also have fun. When when you're dealing with a living legend, it's a bit different than when you're dealing with somebody who's already passed away, right? So you have the family yeah. of you have Richard and his family are all still there and very much have their hands in the story. Talk a bit about that, how they've been been receptive to the film. Oh my goodness, they've been extremely receptive to the movie. I mean, uh, you know, as I mentioned, Richard and I met about seven years ago, and you know, he told me his story, and then uh, Richard and his wife Judy. Uh, went out when when I went to go sell this to different studios and pitched to different studios, they went with me. And then once we had the first draft of the script, I they I, I let them read it. I got their notes. I you know kept them abreast of the of hiring Eva, you know of developing the script. They've came, they went to set multiple times. They've now you know been out on the promotional trail. And you know when they see the movie, they're just uh, deeply grateful to God. Um, you know, their life is amazing. Uh, their life has been incredible yet. They wanted their, this movie to be told to give people hope. And so now that they see it, they are just, they think we got it right, which is so important. You know, for me, it's a movie and no matter how much I love it, it's a movie, but for them, it's their life. So the fact that they can see this, uh, in the, you know, on, on TV and on the big screen and say, wow, you know, you all got it right. And now that story and their life will be eternal. It will yeah. be forever, you know, available for generations to come uh, to see the film. So they're very, very excited about that. And and I'm still just so grateful they wouldn't trust me to, to tell their story. You know, something that I think is cool about this film is that it's it's really a quintessential American success story, right? It tells the story right. of somebody who went from uh, from being at the bottom of the rung, as he as Richard even talks about, right? He started with nothing, started as a janitor once he finally got the job, and then worked yep. his way, obviously, up 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 the ladder to be the success that we all know him to be, and to to even earn yep. a movie uh, after him. It seems like we don't have a whole lot of these kinds of movies, though. That that are telling That's these true. rags to riches stories. Why is it important to tell these kinds of American success stories? Do you think? Because I look, I, I get that, you know, I get the obsession with superhero movies. I get it. And I'm certainly not anti superhero, um, but that's all make-believe. You can't, you can't put on a suit of iron and fly through your city and save it. It, it won't work, but you can watch flame and hot. You can see, the life of Richard Montagnier, a real life superhero, and you can do what he did to find success. So it's very important, I believe, to continue to tell these real life stories to give people real time hope. Uh, that's critical. You know, it doesn't mean that you can't be inspired by you know a fictional story. Of course you can. However, I personally believe that that inspiration goes to another level when you know what you're watching actually happened. And so it becomes more tangible. Wow, Richard was able to persevere. Richard 
had people that helped him. Richard had a heart of service. I can do that too. So it's essential to keep these movies alive uh, and to tell these stories, not only to reinforce the American dream, um, but to give people real-time hope that all things are possible to those who believe. Well, thank you so much, Devon Franklin, for taking a few minutes. Congratulations on the movie. Thanks, Trey. I appreciate you. Well, thank you so much, uh, Devon Franklin, for joining us on today's Quick Start podcast. And that leaves us time with just one last thing. Yeah, so 1 Corinthians 16.13 is perfect for the conversations we've been having today. Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, and be strong. That's what we're seeing Jonathan Isaac do. And that's what we've all got to do in these crazy, crazy times. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's getting increasingly difficult to stand up for what's right, but that requires us to lean even more on the Holy Spirit. Uh, So that verse is certainly a good reminder for all of us, I think, in this day and age. Uh, But that is all the time we have for today's podcast. If you want more news from a Christian perspective, please subscribe to this podcast. Like I said at the start of the episode, leave us a five-star rating. Uh, Send us an email at quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. And don't forget to subscribe also to the Quick Start email newsletter as well. You can get all that information at cbn.org or cbnnews.com. Lord willing and Lord willing and the creek don't rise. We'll be back here tomorrow. God bless. 